Welcome to CPAC Today in Politics. Coming up, the Prime Minister brings Canada's concerns about protectionist policies to the U.S. President today. About how important it is to Canada to have a resolution of the electric vehicle incentive proposal and how important it is to have reciprocal procurement opportunities between Canada and the United States. Erin O'Toole warns MPs that they risk the same fate as Denise Batters if they challenge his leadership. We've united on uh, our way forward as a team. People that are now allowing their frustrations and their own personal agendas or, or, or issues on the pandemic to, to interfere with our progress are not part of the team. And reports emerge that the government will drop the PCR test requirement for fully vaccinated Canadians taking short trips abroad. The federal government travel rules, which are out of step with our peers from around the world, are negatively affecting Canadian families and businesses from coast to coast to coast. It's Thursday, November 18th. I'm Mark Sutcliffe. Let's get right to the top political stories this morning. We're joined by National Post columnist John Iveson. Good morning, John. Good morning, Mark. So Prime Minister Trudeau is meeting with the presidents of the United States and Mexico today. And uh, what do you expect from this? Uh, there's there's a lot of talk in advance that he's going to bring up American protectionist measures and how they're affecting Canada. What do you think the leaders will discuss and what are some of the potential outcomes? Well, I think clearly the, the prime minister is going to raise this uh, electrical vehicles issue because it is pretty fundamental for Canada. I mean, this proposal is that uh, the U.S. would offer 12,000, up to 12,500 per car on electric vehicles made in the United States using union labor. You know, Canada's federal federal incentives top out at about 5,000 Canadian dollars. And because of this, we're starting to see U.S. auto manufacturers thinking about uh, relocating to the United States. I mean, the, the Brampton plant... Chrysler Brampton plant produces Dodge Chargers and Dodge Challengers, and when when they stop producing those in 2023, the suspe- suspicion is that they're going that uh, Chrysler will move that plant to Illinois to take advantage of all these incentives. Uh, so, pretty big ask of the uh, of the of the president to uh, to drop a, a measure which is very popular with blue collar voters in the United States, and. Um, to do something like that, I think you have to have some political capital with the president. I mean, it used to be, I think it used to be we had a, some sort of special relationship with the United States. Certain prime ministers did at least. Right now, it's a very transactional relationship. And, you know, I think the Americans are going to turn around and say, well, what's in it for us? And as I, I, I wrote about this today, and I spoke to a bunch of people, including Andrew Leslie, who used to be a, a liberal MP and was very closely involved in negotiating the uh, the USMCA, you know, the new NAFTA, <coughs> and Mark Norman, who was the vice chair of the defense staff, these people say that the Americans see our relationship first and foremost through the eyes of security. And they do not believe we are a serious country when it comes to our own security. We rely on the Americans. And, you know, there are things that the, the Canadian government should be doing for example, upgrading the, the radar system in the north, which with the early warning system, um, which we've agreed to do. It was in the Liberal platform, but hitherto we have not devoted any money to. And, you know, I don't think that anything major is going to come out of this, this meeting with Biden because the relationship with Justin Trudeau 
at least in Andrew Leslie's opinion, is not that close, and we're not offering them anything. Yeah, and it's obviously a tricky situation for Joe Biden because uh, if if he uh, if 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 he does something that that serves the interests of Canada at the expense of workers in America, I mean that that's that's been one of the one of the uh, kind of pillars of Donald Trump's political career is is these trade relationships that, in his view, help other countries more than they help America, right? Right, and. You know, as was pointed out to me, that the party of protectionism for decades and decades is a Democratic Party, not the Republican Party. Trump turned the Republican Party into a party of uh, tariffs. But, but uh, you know, you talk to people in the auto trade and they say what Biden is proposing is actually worse. You know, Flavio Volpe, who took, called uh, Trump's 25 percent tariff carpocalypse, he says this is worse. This is a 33 percent uh, subsidy on uh, the, the price of selling a car. So it's not good news for Canada, and you know it may well be that the domestic political situation in the U.S. waters down some of these proposals. Uh, the, the the Biden proposal is likely to make it through the House of Representatives, but in Congress he's got opposition from his own one of his uh, Democrat from West uh, West Virginia, who has a Toyota plant a non-unionized Toyota plant in his state. And he may oppose the, the, the unionized proposal, uh, and that might scupper the plan. What I think Trudeau will propose is that instead of it reading that these cars need to be made in the U.S., that they need to be made in countries that have signed up to the, to the USMCA. So if they're made in Canada, Mexico, or the U.S., then, they are, uh, then they're covered. Let's see how that flies. I mean, it, it is a, a, a reasonable proposal because I do think that uh, it's pretty universally agreed that what Biden's proposing is contrary to the agreement which the U.S. government signed. I mean, the new NAFTA is pretty clear that, that trade should flow freely between the three countries, and this is clearly protectionism. But, mm. you know, I think there is a sense that why should we do anything for Canada? Because Canada doesn't do anything for us. It's not a serious country when it comes to its own defense. Hmm. All right, let's turn to the latest on Aaron O'Toole's leadership of the Conservative Party. Uh, he issued a warning yesterday as he went into the, the Conservative caucus retreat. Uh, he, of course, this week expelled Senator Denise Batters from the party, from the caucus, uh, uh, after she launched a petition challenging his leadership. Um, and he's saying basically... Uh, people that are allowing their frustrations and their own personal agendas or issues on the pandemic to interfere with our progress are not part of the team. Anybody who's not putting the team and the country first will not be part of this team. Um, where do you think that leaves Aaron O'Toole now? Well, I think it buys him some time. I mean, the uh, the Conservative Party said this week that, that such a, a petition that uh, Denise Batters has launched is not uh, constitutional. They can't apply and therefore... Um, everybody, all the members are going to have to wait until there is a, um, a scheduled leadership review at the next Conservative convention, which is summer 2023, I think. So it buys him time until then to consolidate his party and to, I guess, to weed out the dissenters. I mean, you know, I think what Batters' petition does is fundamentally misread the situation. I don't think the Canadian voters particularly mistrust O'Toole, I think they mistrust people like Denise Batters and the the people who would take the Conservative Party back to where it was when it was 
clearly defeated in two elections. Now, it's three elections, but I do think that, that the Conservative Party made some progress with voters who are not that well disposed towards it. We saw vote shares going up in most provinces. Uh, some progress made, not particularly in the big cities, but there was enough there that I think that they'd be crazy to go into another leadership review. And, you know, if you're the leader and you allow this stuff to go on, then, then people look at you and say, well, if you can't govern your own party, how can you govern the country? You know, he, he risks a backlash from from some MPs. I, don't, I think a very mu- small minority of MPs are, are supporting this effort. He risks a backlash, a bigger backlash, perhaps, from, from party members. But they will have their say in, in August 2023. And, and uh, you know, if they then want to have a to turf tool and go into an election that could happen at any time after that, then, you know, good luck to them. All right, finally, John, let's talk about uh, what will happen with Canadian travellers who are returning to the country after a short trip uh, outside the country. Um, it appears as though there will be an announcement soon. The Prime Minister alluded to that last night, uh, that fully vaccinated Canadians who leave the country and come back within 72 hours will no longer have to take the molecular test, the PCR test, uh, when they come back into Canada. Um, what what do you expect will be the impact of that, and and how uh, will things play out from there? Because obviously other travellers who are going on longer <laughs> trips will still have to take that test. Yeah, I mean, it's a real mess. You know, I mean, I think the, 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 the whole border has been a real mess. Given that the U.S. rules are completely different, you know, there's been no harmonization at the border. They, Canada opened up in August. It took until November for the U.S. to open up. Um, in this instance, if we're led to believe, uh, if we believe what we're told, uh, the CBC and La Press have reported that the molecular test will not apply to people who are um, traveling for less than 72 hours. Uh, it's not clear whether an antigen test will be required. Um, you know, I looked into this this week because you know, I was thinking of going to Washington. You know, a, a PCR test is two, three hundred dollars and takes up to 24 hours to get the results. An antigen test is much, much cheaper, probably a hundred dollars, and you get the results very quickly. So that is progress, but you still have to get a test. And it looks like uh, even those people who are traveling for a short period of time would still need some kind of test. As for, for people who are going for longer periods, it amazes me that we have not uh, di- just ditched the PCR test altogether, given the fact that the antigen test is all you require to get into the U.S. Right. So it's a, it's a um, there is a real need. I mean, maybe something comes out of the meeting today with the bilateral meeting with, with Joe Biden, that um, we get some a consistent approach for travelers on both sides of the border, because at the moment, this kind of fractured approach to border management is... Uh, is causing confusion and anger, and, and it doesn't make sense. All right, John, we'll see what happens as uh, the Prime Minister meets with the uh, two other uh, North American leaders today. Thank you so much for joining us. Great. Thanks, Mark. That's John Iveson of the National Post. And we're focused on three things. The economy, which is drifting out of control, a corrupt and cover-up prone Liberal government, and a professional approach to dealing with the pandemic. Now, here's what political columnists and commentators are writing about today. At ctvnews.ca, Don Martin argues the worst might be over for Aaron O'Toole. Martin writes, When his party returns to Parliament next, they will be taking aim at the real target, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. 
A return to Parliament brings opportunities for an official opposition, while waiting around merely vacates space for internal mischief-making. If Justin Trudeau returns from Washington this week without any face-saving gifts from President Joe Biden, that hands over high-caliber ammo for a conservative attack in the House of Commons. In the National Post, Rupa Subramanya asks, Why wait until 2023 for a conservative leadership review? Subramanya writes, Aaron O'Toole's supporters argue that this is not the time to rock the boat and give Justin Trudeau an easy out from facing tough questions. But therein lies the weakness in the argument. If O'Toole couldn't win while facing a scandal-ridden prime minister who called an election with the main objective of winning a majority in the middle of a pandemic and a global environmental crisis, what are the chances that he can win an election in 2025 or earlier if the government falls or Trudeau decides to pull the same trick again? At National Newswatch, Chris Day and Isabel Bouchard consider the stress on consumers as inflation hits hard. They write, We're seeing food prices rise faster than we've seen in nearly a generation. Everyone is paying more. Yet, as is so often the case, it's the people who have the least who are most hurt. To central bankers, inflation is an economic concept. To the rest of us, it's a real and growing problem. Sadly, there was almost no discussion of food affordability during the last federal election. The reality is that there is no silver bullet to make life more affordable. But we remain hopeful that our elected officials won't give up trying to help. Now, here's what's coming up on today's political agenda. The Prime Minister will meet with the Presidents of the United States and Mexico in Washington. In Charlottetown, PEI, Innovation Minister François-Philippe Champagne will make an announcement about Atlantic Canada's life sciences sector. National Revenue Minister Diane Le Boutelier will announce support to the Quebec fishing industry at a press conference in Gaspé. And NDP leader Jagmeet Singh will speak at the 50th anniversary celebration of the Douglas Caldwell Foundation in Ottawa. And that's CPAC Today in Politics for Thursday, November 18th. Tune in to Primetime Politics tonight on CPAC for coverage of all the day's events. Our podcast returns tomorrow morning. Have a great day.